With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ESPN golf columnist uh, Bob Herrig at the Players, which has been going on till since 1974. Had a different name then, but I, I keep having a hard time believing this thing now has this much tradition, Bob. It's funny how that works, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yes. 40-some uh, years in, 45 years in, and... And now, uh, you know, the, the thing that hurt it in those early years is now, um, you know, not so much of a factor. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not one who thinks that this should be a major or that we should change anything. But, you know, if, if that was ever going to be a, become a point of discussion, um, you know, it really took the Masters about 25 years before it was regarded as a major. Well, this tournament's almost double that. And so I think, you know, enough time has gone by, and I think people can kind of make up their own minds about it. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's turned into a pretty big deal, and, um, you know, we've got a great field. All 50 in the, all 50, uh, in the world rankings are here. And uh, so, uh, you know, and, of course, a lot of people are very familiar with for seeing, from seeing it on TV for all these years. Hey, Bob, what do you think of that golf course? Do they do uh, subtle things to toughen it up a little bit uh, to keep it uh, uh, tough enough for these guys? Well, you know, over the years, they've actually softened it in some places. Um, You know, in the early days, it was viewed as way too severe. Uh, And it's gotten a lot of tweaks over the years. Um, You know, I think this time of year, um, the scoring can be a little bit easier uh, because... um, uh, you know, we, they're not going to have to worry about cold weather like they would in March, which, you know, it's moving they're back going to March back, right? next year. Yep. And that's so, next year, um, right? I wasn't sure it was 19 or 20. That's yeah. next year. Next year, it'll be three weeks before the Masters. It's at a time where the weather can be dicey. It can be windy. Um, that makes for, um, you know, I think some added challenges. But, uh, you know, the conditions are the same for everybody. Uh, we've seen some low scores here. Um, over over the years in the in, in the May time frame, other years it's been a lot tougher. It uh, really, it, the, if the wind blows, that's when you've got some some uh, chances for it to get interesting because uh, you know it's a target golf course where where there's not a lot of options. You've got to kind of hit it in spots, and uh, that's why I think you know we we all sort of hope for it to be a little bit windy just to challenge them a little more. Hey, the place across the road where they started, and man, did they whine back because they were right on the water and it was howling uh does that uh, that's still there and get a little does that get a little business sawgrass oh yeah no doubt yeah that uh 
you know that the, the, it, when the first started, the, the tournament moved around. Yeah, um, you know it, it played. It, they you know they 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 went to different places. Um, uh, like like Jack won won uh, won a couple of these things. One of them was in Atlanta, and I believe he oh, won, really? won at Colonial. Uh, and then they settled in across the street at uh, at Sawgrass, and that place was, could be brutal. <laughs> it's right on the water with the wind. Um, here, it's a, it's it's a little bit more sheltered from that, uh, but still, you know, th- this type of design in the early '80s when it opened was very very ahead of its time. Uh, it was quirky, you know, the stadium concept yep. of building a course and mounds and railroad ties and all this manufactured, um, you know, type of a look was not uh, was was not what people were used to. Now we see that a lot. And, um, you know, it's, it's become a course that, uh, you know, I, most people who follow golf really closely, you know, they know the holes. They, they're familiar with the layout. And, and that, that I think is one of the things that makes the tournament, um, you know, a little bit more special than, uh, than your run of the mill event. Hey, I, I just saw your piece. Uh, this uh, Phil and Tiger love affair is getting out of hand here. Yeah, you know, I think maybe <laughs> we want a little blood to flow. But, um, <laughs> It's it's actually good. I mean, you know, once they get inside the ropes, they're going to yeah. be trying to beat each other, and um, you know, just like they're going to try to beat the whole the whole field. Uh, and uh, but I, I think it's good at this point, you know, for them to um, you know sort of embrace each other as they have. I think it's been really neat. They've they've both uh, recognized each other's greatness. Why wouldn't you do that? You know, what harm is there in that? And uh, and yet, you know, they want to get after each other and. Uh, uh, you know, to anybody who, who thinks that, uh, you know, there's too much attention focused on them, you know, I, I, I say tune in on Thursday and you'll, you'll see why it's such a big deal. Well, there's going to be a ton of people with them. Heck, Quail F- Hollow Sunday, you could see uh, when they were showing Tiger, Tiger's completely, barely made the cut, completely out of it, and uh, still has a huge gallery as he's limping to the finish. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's the way it is for sure. By the way, uh, just uh, to go flashback, boy, that Quail Hollow is a heck of a golf course. Don't yeah, you? it really is. I mean, it, it's a, you know, it's kind of an Augusta light. It's, it's uh it's got that look you know the mm-hmm. pine trees and the rolling hills and the pine straw and um and they've they've toughened that golf course up in the last few years uh you know it gave tiger fits on the greens it gave a lot of players fits who are trying to win um you know there's 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 not a lot of easy holes on that course and there's some really hard ones and it's made for a really good tournament and you know they had the PGA championship there last summer Justin Thomas won that was a great event and uh, you know it's it's um, you know that that's that's turned into one of the top events on tour every year. Uh, Bob Herrig is with us. Tiger's just uh, has he rolled it well for four rounds since he came back, or is he? Uh, you know, his putting was terrible in uh, at at Quail Hollow, and I, I mean he's had some moments, but is he is he putting or not? Yeah, you know if you if you if you throw out last week, which was a poor putting week all the way around. Um, he's had some decent putting, but not great. Um, he putting and short game actually saved him probably, uh, well, he missed the cut in the second event, but at, 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 uh, Torrey Pines and then at the Honda, um, I, I think it kind of, 
Um, it, it, it saved him at that at those events. He made a lot of good par saving putts. He got up and down a lot of short games. Saved him. Then he started to hit the ball a little bit better at uh, Innisbrook and again at uh, Bay Hill, and and was giving himself more chances. Made more birdies. Uh, uh, and and uh, but yet that final round on Sunday at uh, Innisbrook when he had a chance to win, he really made nothing all day. He made the one long one on the 17th hole that gave him a chance, but he didn't really, you know, the, the, the few chances that he had, he didn't convert. And, you know, I've been saying this here now for, for a few weeks that, that he's just not, he's yet to put it all together. And I'm not saying that he should have by now. You know, this yeah. is only his eighth turn it back. And, you know, when you, when you look at the big picture to take the wide view of what he's been through and how little he's really competed, I'm not sure that he should have. But, uh, you know, one of these days there's going to be a 65. He's not mm-hmm. done stuff like that. He's not rattled off seven, eight, nine birdies in a round. Um, you know, he's getting there. Last Saturday he had 15 greens in regulation. You know, he, yeah. he wasn't exaggerating when he said if he could have made some putts, he shoots 65 or 64. He shot 68. You know, you hit 15 greens, you give yourself a lot of chances. So, um, you know, I don't know if it'll happen here, but I think, you know, one of these days, you're going to see one of those epic tiger rounds. And then the question is, is he able to put together four rounds for an entire event? Jason Day, by the way, is going to have to hit it a little better than he did Sunday if he's going to be a contender. That was a roller coaster of all time to get home. And man, alive, he was in the, he hit it some ungodly places. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a tribute to him that he was still able to win. His yes. short game has been phenomenal. He's been great. Uh, he hasn't missed a putt all year inside five feet. Not one. <laughs> Not five one. Feet. You know, uh, you know, we're talking, what, 180 some odd putts? <laughs> you know, now obviously some of those are two inches or a sure. foot, but I, you know, he's, he's had some that have been four or five feet, three feet. People miss them. Yeah. Hasn't missed any. You know, his short game has been really good. And, and that's what's scary about him is he, if he can get that long game straightened out, uh, you know, then you start to talk about, uh, some really good stuff. Who's, uh, who, who do you, who do you think's coming in on a roll? Well, I think uh, certainly he is. Nick Watney had a good week yeah. last week. Um, you know, Rory was a little shaky at times, but I think he was maybe working some kinks out. Um, I'm curious to see how Phil does. Except for nine holes last week, he had a pretty darn good tournament. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's done okay around here before. It's been a while, but he's done okay. Uh, so, um, but this golf course has never been one that that that, that leads you to any specific type player. No. We've seen short hitters win, long hitters, wild, accurate. You know, um, it kind of is. It's a golf course that doesn't favor uh, any type of player, which I think is why we've seen such a wide array of winners over the years. To uh, to gain attention for a golf tournament and to make it. Uh, more the public more aware of it. There's never been a. It's not a great hole. It might even be the chintziest hole ever. But there's never been a better PR promotional event than 17 at this golf course. It's unbelievable how people who don't even follow golf want to hit see people hit shots at 17. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 the the analogy of the you know the guy. You know, going going to a stock car race or an IndyCar car race and want to see a car spin out. <laughs> uh, 
you know i mean it's it's it, there's this this uh you know you you're holding your breath to see whether or not they they hit it on the green or not and especially when the conditions are tough and uh uh you know we're talking about seasoned guys who hit hundreds upon thousands of practice shots and for them it's not a long shot it's usually a 9 iron wedge sometimes it's an 8 iron to a fairly big target and under the duress uh, there's a lot of instances in which they miss it, you know, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's quite it's quite the theater out there. And obviously, tournaments have been won and lost because of that. It's uh, you know, I know some people hate the hole. I think it's great, you know, uh, uh, and it's perfectly placed. If that were the eighth hole yes. instead of the seventeenth, it wouldn't be the same. That's right. Hey, Bob, thanks for your time. Have a good tournament, sir. Thank you very much. Take it easy. All right, Bob Herrig, uh, ESPN.com Golf Tournament. 17 at TPC is the Home Run Derby of golf. It, it, uh, it's, uh, you know, you got to bring out your big boy pants. Yeah, and you, you want to see Aaron Judge hit home runs. You want to see these guys bounce one in the water. So uh, that's the way it goes. We'll be back. Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. And Salengui. Bowles with him. Not to the near post, but well taken by Watterson. Ladner out to Aysen Salengui and look at the skill there. Acceleration. So, uh, this guy has been on my mind since I uh, wrote a column last week about the kicks and, you know, how they, uh, 40 years later, people still talk about the players on that team and the parties in the parking lot. And there's, <laughs> there's, there's more kick memories than we've had yet of the loons, let's face it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Willie, uh, Alan Willie and Alan Merrick, and the guy everybody always talks about is Ace Netzelengue. The uh, guy from South Africa, and the, and the great story that Merrick told me is they go up to Fargo to play their first exhibition game against North Dakota State, and it snows, and Ace is looking out the window. He's from South Africa, and he says, Alan, you must go talk to Fred, the coach, and tell him I can't play in this. Ace cannot play in this snow. <laughs> and anyway, they told Ace if he scored two goals, he could he could stop playing and he scored two quick goals and left and went back in the club. But, uh, out of nowhere on this day, uh, in, uh, 19, in, uh, 2006, uh, Ace Netzelengua, uh, had a heart attack and died outside a hotel in South Africa. He was only uh, 50 years old near Johannesburg. Uh, the cause of death did, uh, wasn't known at first. It became a, a heart attack. But he is considered by many to be the greatest uh, South African player of all time. But this was during apartheid. So uh, when he was at his peak of his skills, they, he basically couldn't go and play in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, he ended up over here and, uh, and uh, he was uh, expelled from FIFA in 1976 and reinstated in 1992. He could play over here, but he could not play in FIFA events, World Cup events. Sure. Mm-hmm. South Africa got got uh, kicked out, even though he was a black guy. He was the one being discriminated against, but uh, they wouldn't let him uh, go uh, go play. But he was considered one of the greatest players of all time. But 
Those kicks. What was the? Well, let me ask you quick about him in particular. I mean, was it to the point where people? He he was a, a relevant figure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what, what, oh, was in he, South was Africa, he, he was huge, but, and he would have been a hot commodity in Europe had he been able okay. to go there. But he ended up over here, and they had you know Willie was a was a terrific. He was came over here like as a 19 year old kid, and uh, there was no. Soccer was not what it is now, not only in this country, it wasn't what it is in Europe. The Premier League didn't start till 1992. They, they had a first division, but they didn't market, they didn't do any of this stuff. Sure. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, there was, you know, they had 20 teams in a 12 block area. You know, it was, it was a very, uh, a small operation. And Ace, we had no idea when we got Ace. And that's the language. They might have told us that, but we didn't know how he had an international reputation as this great player. And he played here for the uh, kicks the whole time. He played 160 games for them. Uh, a guy named Steve Litt, who I think was a defender, played 171, and Willie played 164. They were only here six years. but uh, And his first name was Patrick. Oh, all Patrick. right. Patrick. Patrick next to the lingway. Now, I thought maybe it'd be Patrice, but no, it's Patrick. Heinrich. And uh, <laughs> called Ace. I might have to, instead of calling myself there we the go. fixer, I might start calling myself Ace. What's there up, you Ace? Go. I like it. Yes, because... Uh, uh, you know, Don Riley used to always say, Tiger meet Ace. I, I could just be the, you know, and he couldn't remember anybody's name. The old Ace uh, Royce on Twitter. Ace. I like it. That could be good. That could be the Ace. That's it. Was that Don the one it. you sat next to at the Super Bowl and said, look at the three no, greatest? No, 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 no. Don was the St. Paul. Oh, that's right. Who am I confusing? Dog. Who am I confusing? Jim Murray and Red Smith. That's who I'm confusing that with. The two greatest sports writers in America <laughs> who had the misfortune of sitting next to a hungover me. I say, how old was I then? Nineteen. When when did we lose to the Steelers? Seventy five. That sounds about right. Seventy five. Super Bowl so, nine. So I wasn't thirty years old yet, and I had one of these bad check sport coats. You know, these double knit <laughs> sport coats uh, oh on with uh, you know a bad shirt underneath it, and sat down and looked left and right, and I said, "Here we are, fellas, three of the greatest sports writers that ever lived." And, <laughs> Red Smith li- laughed, and Red- Jim Murray looked at me like I was insane. He said, who the hell anyway, is this guy? Yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> but it uh, turned out I was right. That's right. That's See? Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, and this uh, very tragically, a lot of wolves, a lot of uh, kicks people still just talk very sadly of uh, of the uh, premature death of uh, Ace Netzelangwe, age, you know, in shape guy, fantastically in shape guy. I was looking at some athlete. of the highlights. It was it was hard to find some highlights of him, but that yeah. look he was man, he was something special. Oh, he was. He was a midfielder and he set up everything. I mean he scored fifty two goals as a midfielder, which is there's one yeah. thing yeah. I could wish I could go back in time and just be a part of one kicks pregame party. Yeah, yeah. We would have found you out in a cornfield. You know, they had corn they still had cornfields nearby. We could have found you out in a cornfield. Where'd he go? <laughs> I, I gotta tell you my greatest my greatest story about what it used to be like out there. I'm not going to identify the baseball writer. Okay. I cannot identify the baseball writer. Okay. But the Twins used to have something called the fly-in. Or no, the uh, camp-in. They had two things. They had the camp-in, so they let campers... On the field? Yeah, no, out in the parking lot. Oh, sure. Okay. they park there. All right. And it'd be the center field, left field, the whole thing. It'd be full of campers and... Some of these campers were involved in hijinks. Ah, as, and you know. they'd stay for the whole weekend. 
Oh my and god! Oh my god! Several young men would meet young ladies, and things, things would, would occur. Yeah, and there were those uh, apartment buildings, which I think Sid owned, out in center, out beyond the parking lot in dead center field. There were these parking lots, and a friend of mine was there, and we went out to the parking lot with him, and and then I left. I don't know what became of this fella, but. Uh, the next day, it's a one o'clock game, one one ten, and mm-hmm. he hasn't showed up yet. Oh no! And as it turned out, he was awakened in one of these apartments, <laughs> laying on the couch by the national anthem, <laughs> and then wow. made, his, made his way back, typewriter in hand, smile on his face. So he yeah. had a good time. Yes, he did. Yes, there's more to the story, but that's enough. All right. <laughs> And live inside of the TCL Broadcast Studios, this portion of The Ride with Royce today is brought to you by MetaFast Weight Control Centers. Tell them the Rook sent you. Big Poppy could use a little MetaFast. My God, yes. Oh, what happened? Guy, they're showing him in the stands, uh, what, a couple of yesterday, I guess. Uh, well, I've... When uh, David Dorsey from Fort Myers and I had the sit down with him uh, last three, year, right? Uh, no, no, three, two years before his last season. Okay, when I, that was two years ago, right? And he's out there and he's eating chicken and white rice, you know, but kind of boiled chicken and white rice and avocados. And he says, you know, how the ten years before he had one year winner when he gained like twenty pounds and said, okay, this. And he had he said, I've had to eat like this ever since. He says, you think I want to eat this? Yep. Uh, I think he's I think he's now eating what he wants to. Sure. You know? He doesn't have to play anymore. He's eating what he wants to. God bless him. Yes, he looks a little like Miguel. <laughs> At least he waited till he retired. Yes, he did. <laughs> right. That's why I get a kick out of everybody. Ah, it'll be just like David Ortiz when he left here. If if Miguel leaves. Well, maybe it is. Maybe Poppy it was be. about half Miguel's size yes. when he left the twins. Yes, that's right. <laughs> what do you got there, Johnny? This update sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind. But Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Twins beat the Cardinals 7-1 to today. That means the uh, Twins have won five in a row. Eduardo Escobar, two-run homer for the Twins. You Get guys you aren't welcome back on the bandwagon, by the way. <laughs> yeah. How many is Eddie hit now? Is that six? Five or six, right? Somewhere around there. I'm on it. Yeah. Uh, the pitching was really good. Odorizzi went five, gave up two hits. The bullpen gave up no hits in four innings. Twins, now they'll be on the West Coast opening up a weekend series against the Angels on Thursday. Back to Eddie Escobar. Yeah. I think he might be one of the great teammates I've ever seen in action. How many has he hit? He's got six so far six this, year, this year, boys. He Are they? is just always stirring something up that's idiotic, like <laughs> just power water and stuff like that. I mean, he's always got something going. You know what he you is? Know? He's a guy. Oh, he's a character. He's, he's just guy. a... They're gonna, know, are they going to let him go? Oh, God, no. Because he's a free agent, right? He's at the only end of the about season. twenty-eight now, isn't he? I know, but but he's a free agent at the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, they'll sign him. Okay. You know, he's not going to cost them fifteen million or something. They'll be fine. I mean, a year they'll they'll give him eight a year. You know, he'll be he'll be fine. I endorse that. Deal. I endorse yeah. that yeah. for your deal. Yeah. yeah. One other baseball note: the Mets have traded Matt Harvey to the Cincinnati Reds in return. They'll what get the, catcher Devin. Uh, what the hell are the Reds hoping? I guess the Reds figure that they that he can just 
maybe rehab with them and and get them out eventually? What are they trying to and accomplish? What the hell? No it's idea. the Reds. They stink. Yeah, just, the, yeah, the, the Mets are, the, the Mets obviously traded him to the worst place they possibly could out of revenge, right? <laughs> Not only the Reds, but the smallest bar ballpark in America. <laughs> Go get him, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody hits it in the handle and it goes four rows. Hey, welcome to the park where Scooter Jeanette hit four home runs. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how, how much of a phenom he was when oh, he first man. came up yeah. and then really like ever since they lost the World Series, it's just gone Completely the dark sour ever since. Judd has pictures in his house of him where he, you know, was with a shirt off or something. Just, Judd loved him. He <laughs> started the All-Star game at City Field, didn't he? I believe he did. Yeah. yeah. Timberwolves announced today the team has accepted the resignation of assistant coach Rick Brunson, effective immediately. ESPN reported league sources confirmed the move came following allegations of harassment of several women by Brunson. Timberwolves did issue a statement on the matter saying our entire organization made up of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Lynx, and Iowa Wolves is deeply committed to creating a safe work environment for employees, partners, and fans. The Chicago Tribune reported back in 2015 that Brunson had been acquitted of charges he sexually abused a masseuse. He testified the incident that led to those charges was consensual, part of an ongoing extramarital relationship. Hey, back to Eddie Escobar really quick. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at his uh, stat line here. More impressive to me in 28 games this year, 15 doubles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He got, is he up to three walks yet? <laughs> Let's see. Where's he at? Uh, 11. 11. He's wow. got 11 walks. Okay, that's pretty good for him. Uh, go for coach Richard Patino nabbing his second guard on the transfer market this spring uh, with Pittsburgh's Marcus Carr announcing his commitment. Carr, six foot two, 185. He averaged 10 points and four assists a game uh, for the Without Panthers. Without Marcus Carr, Pittsburgh could not have gone 0 18 in the oh, that's right. They were awful. <laughs> <laughs> they lost them all. Kevin Stallings, they, they, lost them all. they lost them all, didn't they? Yeah. I yeah, they didn't, didn't win a single game. You know what he's saying? Challenge accepted. They, they're trying to get him eligible, though, because the coach got fired, and they're appealing to the NCAA. Oh, that he that doesn't have to sit out a year. He doesn't have to sit out, okay. which would be good for the Gophers. NBA playoffs on this station this evening. Uh, New Orleans at Golden State. Warriors lead the series three games to one. Good night, Pelicans. It's <laughs> over. Nine o'clock start here at 1500. Valiant effort. That's the way we do tonight. it. We we give them the cheap shot, and then we follow it up with a little, uh, See, with yes. a little support. Yeah, that's valiant right. effort, but yeah, uh, you're done. Or sometimes you mix it up. You give them a little support. Keep and them then on their the toes. Shot. That's you right. Valiant effort, shot. Pelicans. But By the way, you're talking done. about mailing it in. How about your Toronto Raptors oh, last night? Yeah. That sounds like they might, uh, <laughs> they might be cutting ties Casey. with uh, Dwayne Casey. Unbelievable. Not he's official, be the but coach it sounds of the like year, it. And now he's getting fired. That was the definition of checked out, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Cavaliers swingman Rodney Hood apologizing to their GM, Kobe Altman, today for declining to go into that 128-93 blowout win over the Raptors. Well, he, you're winning, and he won't go into the game. Well, they're saying it was a misunderstanding. There's oh, BS. He's mad because he's not playing that yeah. much. Exactly, but Hood tried to sell it this way, uh, apparently uh, saying uh, something to the effect of, I'm good, I'm fine, go ahead and play the other guys. And that he wasn't angry or anything. He just wanted the other guys to get some playing time. Oh, he wasn't getting any playing time, but he wanted the other guys to get it. That's it's, exactly. It's, it's I take him though; he can shoot. Yeah, he can shoot. He'll I guard take you a him, little he bit. Can shoot. We, you know, bad attitude. If you can shoot, I'll take you. I don't. He's <laughs> a restricted free agent, I believe, because he's coming off his rookie deal. So we'll have see. To take a little bit of money. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet.
Hello, citizens, and welcome to Drive Time. Now on the ride with Roycey. Welcome to the traffic report. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather. I'll be back with a forecast after this. Traffic and weather together. Sponsored by Concordia University. Let's go with South on 169, 494 down to the ferry bridge, running 20 minutes right now. Southbound W, a tad bit too tight in Bloomington, 18 minutes from the strip down to the Burnsville split. Even south on 77, seeing uh, malfeasance past the mall and over the Minnesota, uh, an extra five minutes or so waiting for you there. Over in St. Paul, southbound 35E, 94 down to 494, at least 21. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University, St. Paul. You can learn online or on campus. Learn more about the business degrees at online.csp.edu. Our five eyewitness news forecast showers in 56 tonight. Mostly cloudy, scattered showers 68 tomorrow and 68 now. The ride with Roycey now continues. Personal file, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late. So I asked you, who was the center fielder that preceded <laughs> Kirby Puckett? Yes. And I, it was not Jim Eisenreich. Jim was uh, Jim had to be replaced because he was having his problems then. And uh, I was went to look it up, and then it came to me like a bolt from the heavens. The clouds separated. Downtown Daryl Brown. Was, <laughs> downtown Daryl was an interesting cat. Managed by an interesting guy, Billy Gardner, <laughs> and uh, he had kind of been a self-made switch hitter. He was a right-handed hitter, but to ta- he could really run to take advantage of his speed. But uh, he uh, he could make playing center field a little complicated. Like if the ball was going left, he'd run right and stuff like that. He had he had a little trouble. Downtown Daryl Brown, it was, and finally, uh, you know, Puck had only been in. Uh, he'd gone from. I think he'd gone from A ball to Triple A, and he'd only played uh, a month in uh, less than a month in Triple A when they called and him they up. They said, "Get him in here." They finally said, uh, "We got to, uh, we got, we got to get uh, rid of Daryl so, Daryl Brown here in '84." And uh, of course, you know, that's the that's the cl- that's the year, the most chaotic year in Twins history. Calvin, they're terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. And then they sell. And as they're selling, uh, they start playing well. And the AL West is terrible. And all of a sudden, in the middle of August, they're leading like five, four or five games (laughs) in first place. And they're about six games over 500. And plus, they couldn't win any road games. And then Ron Davis melted down. Road games. Yes. Uh, They went to Cleveland. I think they were. Were they two behind Kansas City? They went to Cleveland uh, with for a four-game series, and I can't remember if they were one behind or two behind. But they, uh, the first night they got beat when uh, RD uh, gave up the home run to Jamie Quirk, the only the only hit that Jamie Quirk ever had for the Cleveland Indians. Yep. And then the next night they blew the ten hole lead, and that eliminated them. They were when they lost Thursday, they were pretty well done. Because they would have needed to win all three and have Cleveland lose, have Kansas City lose all three, but then they blew the ten hole lead with Frankie pitching on Friday, night. and that was the year. And bef- that screaming crowd of seven hundred <laughs> in Municipal Stadium was fired up, man, when they won. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, all four games there weren't a thousand people. That's unbelievable. At one game, yeah. Uh, but really quick, because I looked this up, downtown Daryl Brown. How yes. about this history from entering Major League Baseball? Ready? Yeah. Drafted first round, thirteenth pick Holy cow. by the Houston Astros, 
did not sign. This okay. was back when they had the secondary sure. draft. Yeah. San Francisco drafted him in the first round. Tenth overall. Did not sign. Did not sign. June eighth, nineteen seventy six, a year later. Milwaukee Brewers, first round, sixth overall pick. Did not sign. Wow. wow. Seventy seven, the Tigers drafted him in the third round and he finally signed. Finally signed. He uh he had an agent who thought he was worth more money than he was, and having watched him played, ooh yeah. I think he ended up in the. I think he ended up uh, in some form of independent ball, or went to Japan, or some dang thing. He had bad representation. Yes, he did. Switch hitter, and uh, he was equally inept from both sides of the plate. So. <laughs> hey, uh, listen to uh, uh, Chris Long's tearful uh, conversation <laughs> today with uh, Phil and and Judd about. Mm-hmm. About how excited he was that the Caps, he's a he's a Caps fan from his youth in the D.C. area, big Caps fan, and uh, and let's face it, you know it's, it had been a while. The Caps had had with incredibly good teams that had a lot of failures, but uh, when he told when he told them that uh, this is a you know a, a, a reputable TV reporter. Of a, a veteran, reputable TV mm-hmm, reporter, mm-hmm, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say? Oh, yes. yes. And when he told them that he was running happily around the TV den when the Caps won the game, I felt sad. I really did feel sad <laughs> for, for what's become of America. I really did. I mean, I love Chris Long. He's one of my favorite guys, but come on. It's a hockey game. Who cares? Well, and, you know? <laughs> when I heard him say that, do you know what it was reminiscent of? What? It, it, because you didn't win the cup. You advanced to the conference finals. This is kind of like the, the Minneapolis miracle and everybody celebrating like they had won the Super Bowl. And we still got another game to play yeah, here, but people. This is, this is okay. This is, I mean, the Minnesota miracle, I can, Minneapolis miracle, I can give everybody credit for going nuts. And if you're a Viking fan, that's fine. Well, I guess that's my point. You're, yeah. you're kind of, you're, 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 you're but they, you know, the Caps had, were what? They hadn't been the conference finals. That's true. And Pittsburgh's always the team that knocked them out. I get yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. But I did, I, I did. I just, give... I just, you know, I don't know. I've never, you know, I've never been that happy uh, watching a sporting event uh, in in my years as a reporter, except Forty One Donut. That pretty much <laughs> excited the hell out of me. But beyond that, seeing Danny walk off the field uh, after Forty One Donut, I did get a little tear in my eye watching that. But the tear of joy. <laughs> Joy, I'm not sure what it was. I, I did give longer. You know, when you laugh so hard, sometimes you cry. You, know. you got shushed in the press box. You oh, were yeah. shushed. I got shushed. Uh, yeah. I did. I did give longer a little. Uh, a little bit of crap last night afterwards, just no. telling him that I was kind of a closet lightning fan <laughs> growing up as a kid, and so I just kind of said, "Game sure, on, let's right, go here, let's go." I gotta think the lightning will beat him, but uh, yeah, because really lightning good. just took care of a pretty damn good team. Uh, meanwhile, you're Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I know. Ooh, get, that was Get bad. shut out 4-0. Uh, Pekka Rene uh, stops 34, and uh, they handled them. And uh, Nashville, who I think is probably uh, better than Well, Winnipeg, and that was the game Winnipeg needed to win that game. Because yep. now you go back to Nashville for game seven, and I don't like mm-hmm. their chances. That was the game you that know, the Jets Such needed to might win. might be right. The Winnipeg Golden, I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights might be going to the finals because whoever wins this series is going to be, be beat up. Yeah, and the Vegas boys have what been just sitting there going to the brothels yeah. and stuff, having a good time. What if it's <laughs> Vegas and Tampa 
in the oh, Stanley Cup Finals. That would be so great. That'd be great. You know what? I actually think that that would be good for hockey, don't you guys? Because you're oh, I think the, the, what, I, the I, Vegas I, thing is good for hockey now. Whatever happens, whatever happens. Yeah, I just think it's great that we still don't have. We still haven't had a team north of the border win the Cubs since '93. Yeah. I mean, we're going on a quarter century here, so we'll uh, see. Oh, oh yeah, you mean a Canadian one? A Canadian yeah. team, yeah. Well, how many? Uh, how many have we had here? I can't remember. How many cup wins have we had? Oh, uh, let's I see. There was that one. Yeah, there was that one. No, no, they didn't no, do it yeah. there. No, it's. Uh, we're Donovan. the state of hockey. We're the state uh, of hockey. Donovan, uh, uh, the Hurricanes, yeah, by the way, one more hockey note. The uh, Carolina Hurricanes have hired former team captain Rod Brindamar to be their new head coach. Oh. And now there's a team that won a cup yeah. in Raleigh, which is kind of a, you know, a white-collar type of town, but it's really petered out down there. They draw 9 10,000 a game. They and he was, a, he was on that team, I think, in 06, yeah. Brindamore, yeah. What are we hiring a GM, ago, by the way? Let's go here. I uh, talked to the uh, owner today about something else, and as we were communicating, he said, I will call you, no questions about the general manager. And I said, okay, fine. What are you having for lunch? <laughs> yes, right. I had other topic to talk to him about. But, okay, he did tell me that the GM candidates that he has interviewed, he has taken over to the new facility, uh, practice facility, and they've all been quite dazzled by the oh, place. Sure. I haven't seen it yet, but anyway, that's all he told me, though. I didn't. Uh, you know the reason I didn't really ask him? Because you knew he wasn't going to tell you? A and B, I don't really give a damn. <laughs> so, I mean, what do I, if they get, if they hire Phil <laughs> Fenton or whatever his name is. Phil Fenton? Phil Felton, Fel, is it? I think it's PJ Fleck. No, what's the guy from <laughs> Nashville? Oh, yeah. I mean, what would I know? I don't know anything yeah. about him. Jerome you know, Felton. I think I'm it's sure Jerome he'll do Felton. a great yeah. job, but I don't know anything about him. Yeah. So whoever the candidates are, I don't know no anything idea. about them. Yeah. I did tell him in my email, I'm unique in this media because I don't think I know more about the hockey than you do. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be On the ride with Royce, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny Hill, what do you got? The Toronto Raptors. That was a pathetic effort last <laughs> Ooh, night. Man. Your season's on the line. I know you're down 3-0 and it's LeBron, but come on, guys. We need a better effort than that. That was bad. And you're going to get a great guy fired. Yeah, uh, a great Dwayne guy Casey. and a really good coach. He's yeah. probably going to get fired. He presses his own uh, suits. And I meanwhile, if Tibbs Dwayne. gets run out of here, uh, he's probably the leading candidate to replace him, which take a him. lot of people would take him. Yeah. Uh, there's very few things in sports that bug me more than a guy that wastes all of his talent, and we're seeing that right now in Matt Harvey. I was a big Matt Harvey fan. Well, he's had a couple of surgeries, but... Uh, well, know. he hasn't helped himself by uh, off-field stuff, is what I'm trying to get at. So, I, you know what? Let's let's hope that this is his turnaround, but boy, what a waste. All right. Uh, here's, my, uh, here's my daily complaint. It's with me. Uh, yesterday, we had the... Uh, Dwight David Eisenhower, a little note that he sent out to announce to his, uh, uh, you know, staff that the war was over. And when we came back, I said, Dwight David, that's, you know, Dwight David Eisenhower. But, of course, I didn't have my microphone on right away, so you hit the microphone. <laughs> so I, so when you look at, listen on the podcast, it says David Eisenhower. His brother. So people think I'm so stupid that I thought Dwight Eisenhower's name was Dwight. I was actually, 
giving them some information yes. as to the, I was so familiar with Ike, I knew what his middle name was, yeah. uh, Dwight David Eisenhower. And I said Dwight David Eisenhower, but I must have hit the uh, the microphone. Which is, you must have hit the microphone to get me on the air, but I'd already said Dwight. Which is, I'm not that dumb. Which is okay. rare because you are a technician when it comes to executing the radio show. I should show. have that light right here on my nose. You know, they have the red nose Bing. thing they give away in Walgreens. <laughs> Make that light up to show me that the uh, mic's not on. All right, we'll do this again tomorrow.